This morning's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to his grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? From cowardice that dares not face new truth. From laziness content with half-truth. From arrogance that thinks it knows all truth. Good Lord, deliver us. Amen. When I was growing up, my father had a coffee mug uh, that he had purchased on a family vacation to Boston when I was 10 years old. It's probably the only coffee mug I can remember my dad having. I think he used it till it almost, I think we broke it, it fell apart, something happened. But this coffee mug had a quote, and on the, on the coffee mug it said this. It said, there are three things in life which are real. There are three things in life which are real. God, human folly, and laughter. There are three things in life which are real. God, human folly, and laughter. The first two are beyond our comprehension. So we must do what we can with the third. I suspect St. Paul never got such a coffee mug. Uh, never heard this quote. Uh, in these few short verses from Romans this morning, he is taking on the mystery of human folly, the mystery of human suffering, and the mystery of God. As Paul understands it, as he has experienced it, these things really go hand in hand, the mystery of suffering, the mystery of God. A mystery, as Jennifer was saying, you can't explain it, you can't figure it out, there's no way to control it. How often do we say this, right, that often we want explanations for things because what we really want is to be able to control the situation. If we can just explain and understand, then we'll have it all under our control. Uh, we want explanations for suffering. Why? Why did children in Uvalde suffer so tragically? Why did mama get cancer? Why has life never really worked out? For me. And in our suffering, especially, we want explanations and answers for God. Where is God? What is God doing? Who is God? What is God all about? And we've offered all kinds of explanations. We've tried our very best. Those tired, cliched, worn explanations and responses that we give when people are suffering. Often they paint God in a very bad picture. I don't suggest we use them. But our best explanations, right, they, they still leave us questioning, right, uh, the complex theological doctrines like the Holy Trinity that we celebrate today. This is such an odd Sunday for the Christian year. We are literally, it's the only time in the whole year that we celebrate like doctrine, doctrine. And the doctrine of the Trinity says 
uh, so many things. I love it because in part, like you, if you study it, you, you'll just begin to think, oh, this makes sense. I got it. And then you're scratching your head again like, wait a minute. How is that possible? God, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three God together. What Trinity is trying to dis describe for us is a love shared between three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. A love that is so intense and so passionate. A love that is so strong that they can never be divided one from another. In fact, they are united as one. So whatever else we say about God, and truthfully, we probably should not say very much, we know that at the heart of who God is, at the heart of God, there is love. Pure love lived out actively between Father, Son, and Spirit. This love that they share, overflowing, bubbling out, creating all that is coming to each one of us. Grace coming to us, overflowing from the heart of God. Love, the heart of God. Paul says it this morning. He says, we are standing in grace. We're standing in grace. And standing in grace, we can boast in our hope and we can boast in our sufferings. I have spent my last few weeks racking my brain trying to understand this metaphor. What would it look like to stand in grace? I haven't ever stood in many things. I guess sometimes I've stood in mud. That's not really a good image for, but standing in something, I felt like I've stood in, the only thing I've ever stood in is like water. You go out to the lake and you, you wade in, or you go to the ocean and you wade in, or you jump into the pool and you're standing there in the water. Right, I was at the beach this week, and uh, we were down at Wrightsville Beach, and the, there must have been storms because the undercurrent was so strong, and it was just pulling, and it would pull you in and pull you out. It was just incredible, and the sand underneath there at the shoreline was just churning around. There was no beach. It was constantly being pulled from you so that if you stood in the same spot for very long, eventually your feet were going to start sinking down into the sand. My oldest daughter, Claire, stood there for a few minutes, and I looked over at one point, and it was almost like up to her knees. She had sunk that far down into the water. It reminded me of the lyrics of a song by John Mark McMillan. He said, if your grace, God, is an ocean, then we are all sinking. I love that. If your grace, God, is an ocean, we're all sinking. Grace, God's grace, we're standing in it and it pulls us in and it draws us in deeper and closer to God. Paul says God's love has been poured into us. You picking up on these metaphors like grace has been poured into us, we're standing in it. I'm sure when the Romans got Paul's letter, they thought immediately of their baptism. They thought of that moment when they had been plunged into the water, that moment when they had accepted Christ as their Savior, that moment when they realized that God loved them, that God accepted them as, their, as his son and daughter, that first awareness of God's power, God's presence, God's blessing upon their lives so that they would be sustained and strengthened no matter what happened. Right, Standing in grace, God's love poured into you. It fills you. And you're drawn in deeper and deeper. 
When I was about seven, eight years old, my parents decided to put in a swimming pool in the backyard. And uh, they came and they had the big trucks and they dug this huge hole, a giant hole with this huge mound of dirt in our backyard. And my dad made a video of it. I will tell you that I keep all of the home movies under lock and key in the parsonage. No one will ever see these videos. Don't get any ideas. There's one, I, 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 do, not come, I do not come off well as a seven-year-old boy in these films. There I am, and like my dad's yelling, and the dog is out there running around in this dirt, and at one point it appears the dog is about to fall into the hole, and like, this is dangerous stuff. Like, this hole is like 12 feet deep. How are you going to get a dog out of a 12-foot hole? My dad's like, George, let's get inside. Well, they fill that hole up with water, and lo and behold, they let me jump in it, and it was great fun. Like water, stand like water. It became a source of joy. Like, there's a great medieval mystic who put it this way. He said, God is an overflowing of love. It never stands still and always flows effortlessly without ceasing. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, love that just bubbles up and overflows. It cannot be divided, shared between them, but... You just stand there in it, and it fills you, and it washes over you, and it pulls you, and you stand up, and you stand in it. Here's the way Eugene Peterson put it. He said, we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. Grace. It occurs to me, like, if you listen to the way Paul describes it, grace is not an object that you get and possess. It surrounds you. It fills you. God is not something you figure out. It's a mystery that lifts you up. And it's dynamic and relational and personable and powerful. This presence, when you feel like you're falling, it's like suddenly you're, you're floated and you're buoyant and you're strengthened and you're sustained. That's what Paul's talking about, finding endurance and character and even hope in the midst of suffering. I have a friend, and um, the most important thing maybe for you to know about this friend of mine is that she has beaten and is a survivor now uh, of stage four cancer. And I was talking with her a few weeks ago, and we were just talking, and the thing that, that has happened to her as a result of going through this battle with cancer is she is so very in tune with the struggle and the strife and the suffering that she perceives in the world. And what she said to me was, she said, there's so much angst and there's so much anger, almost rage, a kind of turmoil out there in our souls and in our society. It's like we're all worn down, exhausted by the last few years just downright exhausted, even to the point she said that summer tires us out. We're worn out trying to keep up and plan the vacations and keep everything going, and we're just exhausted. And she said, in the midst of all this, she said, what we really need is to remember that we are blessed, that we are surrounded by blessings upon blessing, upon blessing. 
Paul would put it this way. He'd say what we need to remember always is that we are standing in grace. Picture it. My, my oldest or my youngest daughter is uh, four and a half or a little over four foot tall. She was in a swim pool on Friday and she's like almost there. The water's just about to the top of her head. Imagine that, right? We're standing in grace. <coughs> we're on our tiptoes and it's going to keep lifting us up and we're going to keep going. We're standing in it. We just need to remember, she said, that we are surrounded by blessings. You know what she did is she started writing blessings and mailing them to people. She found out you were struggling with something, she'd write a blessing for you and put it in the mail. And then one day I saw on her Facebook page and it said, hey, if you need a blessing, send me your address and I'll write you a postcard. And that's what she's been doing. It's just blessing people. What we need to remember, she said, is that we're surrounded by blessings. We're standing, as Paul said, in grace. The love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're there. We're in it. We're part of it. The image on your bulletin, the image on the screens, imagines the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, sitting at a table. And they're so in love with one another, and yet there's an opening at the table, and it's a space for you. It's a space for me. We're drawn in. We're there. We're in it. We're in God's love and grace. Two things this morning we're going to do. I'm going to invite you to come in a few minutes. We're going to offer a blessing and, and invite you to come and remember your baptism. I'm going to pour this water into the font. and I wish we had like a font that we could all like jump in. That'd be great. Um, right? And literally like be standing in grace. As you come this morning, you just picture that like a, a pool full of grace, a lake full, an ocean full of grace. What did St. Athanasius say? He said, trying to count your blessings, God, would be like trying to count the waves as they roll in off the shore. We're surrounded by blessings. We're standing in grace. You come and touch that water. Maybe some of you may need to, I mean, it's okay if you want to splash it on your face. Right, like it's blessing, it's a sign of grace. We're standing in it. You are standing in God's pure love and it will buoy you and it will strengthen you and it will sustain you. I invite you to touch the water. The next thing we're gonna invite you to do is to come to one of these bowls and they're pieces of paper. I'm gonna invite you to take two of them. On these pieces of paper are blessings. They're not all the same. I'm gonna invite you to take two of them. One of them is for you. And I hope whichever blessing you get, that it will be a blessing that will speak to you and encourage you today and in the week to come. The second blessing, I'm going to invite you to open and read. And then I'm going to invite you to say, God, who should I give this blessing to this week? Who might need these words of encouragement? Because we're all out there living in this time of angst and anger and rage and turmoil. And we're exhausted and we're worn down. And we all need to be reminded that we are standing in grace. We are surrounded by blessings. So I'm going to invite you to take that second blessing, pray about who you might give it to, and then give it to him and say, hey, I got this at church this week and God told me that you might really need this this week. Those two things, friends, as we remember, what's always true, that we're surrounded, we're standing in grace. I don't really have a good ending to this sermon. Um, I've discovered that most preachers take Trinity Sunday off. 
right? Because what do you say about such a mystery? What do you say? Except how good it is that we are surrounded by love. We are standing in grace. Grace that fills us and strengthens us, even in our sufferings, so that we can bless others.